The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Tonight we're going to be talking with Alex Chianetti. He is an explorer and a researcher, and he's explored the treasures and the secrets of the Teos cave system of Ecuador. This is a, a system of caves that is rumored or reported, depends on how you look at it, to hold unbelievable treasures and wealth. It is uh, a mysterious system of caves that could or may not connect to uh, what is a cave system that connects all of the American continents. This is a pretty interesting topic, and I'm excited to have Alex on the show to talk about it with us when we bring him on. Also, I wanted to announce something that's kind of cool. We're going to start a new feature here on the program. This is um, this is going to be a lot of fun, and it's really going to make our ghost and haunting fans very excited. As you well know, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of very, very, uh, well, at least reportedly very haunted locations around the country. These places are very interesting, even if you look at them beyond the haunt itself. But one of the things that makes them particularly of interest to us is that they have this uh, reputation of being haunted, yet they have a fascinating history. And not enough people talk about both of those things. So we are going to start a new feature, which will be Wednesday nights. It won't be won't start this week. It'll start, and not the following week, it'll start the week after that. So two weeks from tomorrow night, we're going to start a new Wednesday night feature called History Behind the Haunt. And our Wednesday night interviews will focus on a location that is that has a, uh, a reputation for being haunted. You may have seen some of these locations on some of the paranormal reality shows. And we'll talk about the location with somebody who is either an owner or a tour guide of the location or all of the above, whatever it happens to be. These are the people that know the locations best, and they're going to tell us not just what the reports of hauntings are, but what what's the place really about? What was its history? What was a place like Rolling Hills Asylum used for? What are the facts behind the history of a place like Rolling Hills. So that's what we're going to do on Wednesday nights starting in two weeks. So looking forward to that feature being part of our regular weekly lineup here on Beyond Reality. Uh, in the meantime, one of the best things you can do for us is share out the YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do go to YouTube, search for JV Johnson when you find it, subscribe. And if you've already done that for us, share the channel on your social media. Let other people know that there's a great place to go with a lot of great paranormal and uh, conspiracy interviews. Like, uh, like you know, I've said all along, there's about 500 back episodes of Beyond Reality on the YouTube channel. Plus, we live stream there Monday through Thursday nights, which makes and sometimes Friday nights if we do our, our companion show, Booze, Brews, and Bros which we didn't do this last week. But either way, it's a great place to go if, you, um, if you're if you interested in any of these topics. So share the YouTube page link with uh, your social media friends. That would be very, very helpful as we continue to spread the word about the program here. And uh, we want more people to know about it for sure. All right, let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll bring our guest in. Alex Chianetti will be here to talk about the Teos cave system of Ecuador. It's going to be a great conversation. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, tonight we're talking with Alex Chianetti. He's an explorer and a researcher. He's actually explored the treasures and secrets of the Teos cave system of Ecuador, and that's what we're going to be talking about. He's also an award-winning journalist. He is an explorer and a filmmaker, and he's a consulting producer for several seasons of Ancient Aliens. He's also had documentaries that have been broadcast on Fox, NBC, a&E, the History Channel, and other international networks. And he's the discoverer of two lost cities in the Andean region and a member of the Explorers Club, and he lives near New York City. Alex, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's a real honor to have you with us tonight. Oh, my pleasure, yeah. Nice, nice to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And, and I just read a, a list of some of your credentials, and it's an impressive list. Um, but what came what came first for you? Were you a journalist, a filmmaker, or an explorer, or all of the above? I have been doing everything together. Yeah, as a teenager, I started to explore. I was born in South America, Argentina, and I immigrated to the States almost 30 years ago. And I, I had been traveling the world, and always my curiosity... I define myself as explorer of outer worlds and inner worlds, and uh, not only the scientific or geographical level, but researching mysteries of science and the spirit, if we could say, all my life. And uh, yes, I have been a journalist, I have been a newspaper man early, producing television news for several years decades and documentaries, but uh, always, like I said, first exploration. And I explored the Andes, the Amazon, the map of South America, Asia, Europe, and this world and other worlds. <laughs> As you could see, you could see my credentials, no? But I try to separate. I try to separate what is physics and metaphysics. And in the subject we are going to talk tonight, sometimes the waters get mixed with the oil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you said that you actually started this as a teenager. Um, where were you living at the time? And... I was living in, uh, in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, and mm-hmm. uh, in early age, I wrote uh, a book. Well, and I was guide also for, for a friend who was a really big part of this mystery of the Tajos. And and kind of after many years, when I immigrate, I brought the subject with me. I introduced this subject to United States already in the 80s. If the subject was, if I'm not coming to this country, nobody will know this <laughs> this mystery. But right. now, with recent recent kind of uh, television shows, what I was part two, the subject get mass media, but. Yes, as a teenager, I wrote that book, and that book connected me with uh, the subject of uh, speleology, spelunking. And uh, I tried to do it also as an explorer, going 
chasing the legends of uh, caves who connect South America with North America. And I remember in that teenage in that book, I make so many drawings. Unfortunately, they are not in the first edition, neither in the second edition. I did, I did a re-edition only in the Spanish language uh, this past summer. Yeah, and the book is on Amazon, uh, Amazon uh, now, but only in the Spanish version still. And and I draw a map connecting these these tunnels running below below the Andes and connecting toward the north, connecting South America, Central America, and North America. And with many discoveries, when discovered when discover caves, for example, in Wisconsin on, and other states, caverns which are 500, 700 miles long, that hypothesis of my friends, my associates and acquaintances in that period of the late 70s, 80s, uh, start to see the light of the truth. One of the things that I find very fascinating is that we talk about mysteries all around the world. You know, we frequently talk about the pyramids in Egypt, and we talk about Stonehenge, and we talk about these other places that have these mysterious structures and mysterious histories. And we do talk about South and Central America as well, but not as much. Do you think that the mysteries that are hidden maybe in the forest or in the caves or in the mountains of Central and South America, do you think we have um, yet to really uncover what's there? That you you're asking a great question. What I had been meditating on that, with the new discovery of lidar and the new kind of uh, remote sensing advance with satellite photography and uh, and canvassing of the canopy of the forest. Still, still we don't really kind of see or we could reconstruct the past. Is so much still for discovering, but uh, no matter you could detect formations of lost cities in Central America, cities also in Asia, uh, in Cambodia, etc. And still, we were going to take hundreds of years to kind of clean that area to see uh, to see really what what was this kind of a spread of cultures and 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 the connection with uh, yes with many other search for resolve uh, mysteries who connect the past with the present oh yeah it's, it's so much uh, to to see it i think i am an old fashioned explorer no i prefer to go on the ground and uh, no matter the, the new the new archaeologists the new explorers are sitting in front of the computer connected with the satellite inside of very restricted areas of universities or private companies and I think that that is not the only way to to go to resolve the riddles of the past for example there are so many lost cities along the coast of Peru and Ecuador you don't imagine Below the sun, below the forest, below the eyebrow of the jungle, yeah, and with ceramics, with uh, bones, with uh, pieces of uh, different type of of structures and uh, 
places and uh, squares and tombs, tombs with metals, a tomb with uh, kind of uh, also pieces, relics, which are not really part of, for example, of South America, proving the war 10,015 years ago was they have many advanced cultures, and they travel. They travel as crazy, as, as I always said. Columbus was the last one, and there were so much uh, navigation and transit by the ground and by the waters with the currents of you know, Atlantic and Pacific. Let's um the the cave system we're talking about. I I said Taos. How do you pronounce it? Because you've pronounced Tajos, it differently. Tajos. Tajos. Ta- Tajos. Tajos. T a y o s. And the Y in Tajos are birds, no, no, okay. no the stems, but Tajos in Spanish with double L is kind of an, an stem, yeah, of a plant, no? It's a kind of a part of the plant. Right, right. So what, at yeah. what point did this particular cave system uh, become known to you and, and of interest to you? Well, the, the Tajos caves, I had been insisting as a system of caves, but in, uh, through the years, from the 70s and to the 80s, before I brought the subject to the States, uh, first through articles and after to some kind of early television programs, they thought was one. The cave get famous through a book, a Erich von Daniken book of 1974 or 73, I don't remember exactly, but... Before that, uh, the public and all the the public opinion never knew about this. And uh, this book attracted the attention of uh, a Scottish engineer, Stanley Hall, the late Stanley Hall, who was my was my friend until his death. And and Hall organized an expedition, who was the bigger expedition in the history of the spirilology in 1976, after the claims of a Hungarian-Argentinian explorer and uh, prospector, and we could say gold digger, too, <laughs> and who was associated with a friend of mine, Julio Goyen Aguado, who is the connection with the story. I am one of the last links with this original story, but Julio... My friend Julio Goyen sent Morix to Ecuador in the early mid '60s, and Morix is one who rediscovered the cave, and he organized an expedition in 1969 with the support of the tourist office of Ecuador, his lawyer, a kind of an eclectic group of uh, professional scientists and militaries, and is when they saw the first kind of phase of this mystery, what is an underground city who looks like more artificial than uh, natural. And the second state, before that, with my friend Julio Morix, discovered a chamber in another cave of the system, hundreds of miles of this this big cave, who get famous. Why? The, The cave, one of the uh, protagonist of the largest expedition is Neil Armstrong, the first man right. on the moon. Yeah, who also is escorted my my friend Julio Goyen Aguado, no? 
And, uh, and Julio, when I wrote my first book, he called me to said, I want to know you. Well, you wrote a chapter about my research on the caves. And that is, uh, the story is, is kind of collateral for many, many, many lines. Yeah. Unfortunately, if, uh, the peop- um, if you see that segment who has been repeating in the program Ancient Aliens, who I was guilty of that, <laughs> guilty, guilty of that uh, segment, as finally I didn't have too much control, but they tell only one part. And the story was part of the Anglo section, no the Latin section. <laughs> and I am part of the Latin tradition in this case, but as a protagonist of the original story. But again, the cave gets famous through the presence of first the bestseller of Fondanica and second the Neil Armstrong. Why the first man on the moon after seven years walking on the moon, he wants to go to dig, he wants to descend to the deep of the Amazonian range, looking for what? And uh, there are so many speculations, as as you have been reading online, and there are many distortions too, no? But it's uh, the subject to get to some points of uh, classical speculations. And, and the caves now is one of the classical mysteries you could line with other ones as the Triangle of the, Ber- the Bermuda Triangle, uh, Bigfoot, <laughs> UFOs, of course, the extraterrestrial connection, and uh, yeah, the the cultures, other cultures of the world connecting with Incas, pre-Incas, as uh, the Egyptians, and as you remember, the story of Percy Fawcett, who was looking for the lost city of Z, uh, who was a serious a prospector of, uh, of the Royal Geographical Society who was assigned to the limit, uh, the, the limits between Bolivia and Brazil in the in the first uh, before the First World War in the 19, in 1910s. Uh, he was already bringing this kind of interesting from Europe to the Americas to look for this rumor, these legends of these megalithic uh, cities uh, born and built in the Amazon, in, in, the, in the beginning or in the end of the Amazon range. And that legend brought him to kind of uh, lose his life in the 1920s so with his son and another friend of his son. And he never... They never found him. They never found well. his face. But Fawcett was looking, following that, I call the new El Dorado, the new Paititi, no? But this, we have, again, the crossing of many legends of these mega cities in the middle of the Amazon. And, uh, and recent kind of uh, debunking and researchers, and you have always the National Geographic uh, trying to kind of debunk uh, the magic elements of the of this this quest now but it's, we have this the romantic archaeology sometimes is is still killed by this kind of uh, jealousy and uh, competitive drive to make comparisons or diminish what another explorers did in respect 
Uh, tonight we're talking with Alex Chianetti about the Tajos Cave System. He's written a book called Mysteries of the Tajos Caves, The Lost Civilizations Where the Andes Meet the Amazon. Uh, Alex, you had mentioned Eric Von Daniken kind of brought this to our attention. Now, of course, Eric Von Daniken is the same uh, researcher author that uh, wrote the book Chariot of the Gods, mm-hmm. which kind of kicked off the whole, well, maybe didn't kick it off, but it certainly brought to the forefront the discussion about ancient aliens and the fact that we may have had uh, alien visitations early in man's uh, development, which may have aided or in some way even genetically changed the course of our history. Um, did Van Daniken mention these caves in Chariot of the Gods, or was this separate work of his? No, no, Chariot of the Gods, uh, he wrote it in 1968 and was published and was a bestseller in that time. Right. 68, 69. No, he didn't mention until he traveled to Ecuador. When uh, Janos Morix, this Hungarian-Argentinian, make a declaration in 1969 after uh, his first or second expedition uh, to the Tajo system, to the cave called the Quangos Cave. The Quangos Cave is the main cave of, is the cathedral of the system. If you make a comparison with St. Peter and the Vatican and the rest of the churches in Rome, <laughs> that will be the, St. Peter will be the bigger, uh, the bigger uh, cave. But uh, not only for the recent discoveries, for hundreds of years, this area was a pilgrimage of the Hibaro Indians. The Hibaro Indians, now we call Shoar and Achoar, Shoar Indians. Uh, they changed the name, but if you remember, the Hibaros were associated with the shrinking of the heads of the enemies. That's right, yeah. And they have that technique to kind of make a reduction of the of the heads. And only these this cultures, these etnias, are the only ones, and in New Guinea is also some aboriginals have similar techniques, only that two, two parts in the world, no? And the Hibaros, they get fame of that uh, through Hollywood and through the movies in the time of Gene of the Jungle and Tarzan, etc. in the 2030s, and just the anthropologists decide to change to the, to the real name. What is the the Shuar? The Shuar Indians live in the area of the Amazon uh, between Ecuador and Peru. So we have the similar kind of groups either, and and both uh, on both sides we find cave of Tajos. Tajos is the name of these oil birds, these kind of uh, birds who are almost a bat. They could see in the dark. They are very kind of uh, amazing. Uh, navigators right. in the darkness using ecosonar. They were originally discovered by von Humboldt, what Humboldt was exploring the Americas, the German explorer. Humboldt so, so, so von Plan discovered the city outside of Caracas, and that was the first uh, cave of Tajos. Uh, the species is called Estiatornis caripensis, and there are kind of uh, kind of between a dove and a raven, but they're very kind of docile. But when, when Eric Von Daniken wrote about this, yes. these caves, he mentioned some pretty uh, fantastic 
finds or um, I don't know if uh, he didn't find these things, but speculated these things were there like treasures. Uh, where did he yes. get his information? He didn't he didn't have any firsthand knowledge of this, did he? Did he see well, anything? Said, again, we're back to Janos Morix. Morix rediscovered the cave and he announced as not in, in through a, a kind of um, uh, publication as in a notary public in Washakil, this list of discoveries he did. Okay, so he so he and, he published and, uh, a list of discoveries, right? Through okay. his with his lawyer, an official thing, and that that announcement that that announced in the press bring von Daniken to take the plane immediately okay. and go to meet uh, uh, Morix. Uh, his lawyer. So Van Deniken read about this. He decided he needed to needed to investigate it. He got on a plane, flew over. But was um, he ever been? A, was he ever able to witness any of those things? Uh, if if they were just well, yeah. Let me make a step by step. But this, uh, I think we have time to to do it. If not, we get to kind of confusive kind of. Sound. Yeah. No. We've got we've got Make about sense. we've got about seven minutes left in this segment, and we can okay. always pick it up yeah, on the other side. I, I will resume. Uh, he arrived to uh, to Ecuador. He make a deal, and he start to kind of to uh, get information, and they they negotiate. They kind of uh, Morix was looking for financing with a lawyer. Uh, Fondanikin promised two hundred thousand dollars to do a bigger expedition, and also of the retrieving and being the first to photograph and to film the case with the treasure. Uh, with uh, the discovery, Morix and uh, Penny Mateus they bring Morix to the entrance of a cave, but uh, that cave is near Cuenca, and that is not part of the season of caves, and as a promotional one. In in between, Daniken goes to another site in Cuenca too, what is a famous museum then in a basilica, in a church of the Father Crespi. Father Crespi is another element of the big mystery here. It's a Lycian order kind of uh, priest and, uh, and head of a church who also have a museum. In this museum is depository of many relics and ceramics and many in gold, carving and gold sheets, gold plates, and von Daniken make a big survey of the of the of the site. He took hundreds of pictures. He gets some pictures of Morix and he creates in a story. As he as he doesn't get to an agreement with uh, the Hungarian explorer and neither with the lawyer, he decide to kind of as he told me, embellish a story. Nobody knows until I interview von Daniken. Uh, I goes. To, I, I went to Las Vegas in 1993, and I interview in the ancient astronaut convention in that time. And, and von Daniken was very interesting to talk when I said I had been friend of the original protagonist of the story, and he told me his version of the story and said, "Sorry, the only way." To sell my story is to embellish, and the only way is to to set. I descend in the cave, and I saw all this treasure. But Van Daniken kind of said was, that was a poetic license. Yes, he he lies. Okay. He lies. Okay. 
trying to sell and, and yeah and he admi- me, and he admitted he, that he to sold, you. he sold 20 million books right yeah i know he sold <laughs> a lot of books book. yeah better than to discover a, a gold cachet in that case <laughs> and he and he admitted that to you in an interview or was it a private conversation no it was an interview wow i have it in tape yes yeah, and yeah. I, I published that interview and uh in the 90s, but I always, uh, I have sympathy for Erich, no matter what all the cows <laughs> he produced then. Yeah. But also, he considered he was also, his leg was pulling, and he started to doubt the Golden and the Metal Library was uh, was in existence. But uh, So he, did he despite the fact he embellished his part of the story, did he believe yes. that those things were in there when he wrote the book? He, he believed, and uh, he still believed in, that in some of the caverns, mm-hmm. the library exists. Yeah. Do you believe, think, do you believe, after all of your work, that some of those yes, things exist course, in those no, cases? No, but I don't believe for the testimony of Morik. Yeah. I believe for the testimony of my friend, Julio Goyana Guado, who is uh, one of the reasons I endure in this search for the last 30, almost 40 years, and also the reason I wrote the book, and also the reason I, I did the documentary, but unfortunately it's unfinished, and, and some people took the concept from my hands a few years mm. ago, and I could tell you later. But yeah. Did you, um, now, when did you visit the caves? For several, I did several expeditions. What was the uh, first? During, during the last ten years. What was from, the first time? The first time, yeah, was in 2006, and I they took me 20, 20 something years, but I have to, as I describe in my book, all the ordeal between wars between Peru yeah. and Ecuador, the hostility of the Indians, the bureaucracy between Quito and the jungle, and it had been a, a kind of. A, it's difficult, uh, right? During di- crusade, yeah. Get, when I target, I, I I spend six months in the edge of the jungle surviving, and finally I I conquer what is the Congo's Congo's descent. I I was the third American uh, uh, who descend to the caves and record in digital the underground structures and and the one I had been perpetuating and kind of exposing the story, you know, with keeping keeping the the spirit of exploration, thinking it's a true story of uh, what uh, my friend told me in in the late 70s when I visited him and I continue. He was the psychic of Morix and the, the responsible to send it him and to converge in the discovery of the two things, the underground war, with these structures we cannot explain. It's called the underground city in the Quangos Cave. And then also we find similar geological anomalies in the other caves. But also he was the witness. He saw the metal library. He saw it himself. Gojena Wado and Morix, they have the experience to descend to the chamber in 1968. Yeah, before before the declaration with uh, the notary public one year later, no. O sea, and he never, he never, he he never really revealed the location, and they protected. But he was also, uh, Morris was afraid. He he was uh, revealing the site to Fondaniken, 
the library was going to be destroyed. I see. And and the same with the coming expedition, but nobody really gave the what is called the, the trust, enough trust beyond what Morix was very paranoid. And Julio, my friend, in some limits, yeah, he didn't really trust too much the modern war. And he was exploring both. They die in total poverty, kind of. Mm. They, they didn't, but they keep what that is a legacy of the Americas. And is that the, the content of that also could change the 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 road of history. Sure. All right, so again, tonight we're talking about the Tajos Cave System. Alex Chianetti is our guest tonight. He's done a lot of things. He's an award-winning journalist and explorer. He's also a filmmaker. He was a consulting producer for several seasons of Ancient Aliens. He's had documentaries broadcast on Fox, on NBC, on A&E, and the History Channel, as well as other, other international networks. He's also the discoverer of two lost cities in the Andean region, and he's a member of the Explorers Club, and he lives near New York City. And Alex, we've been talking about the, these caves and your first visit to them. Now, when you visited the cave system the first time, did you actually get inside? And if you did, how far into the cave system did you go? Well, kind of uh, the first expedition was a kind of a failure, but is uh, my my team my team who was part of the air force of the Ecuador government they they get afraid uh, by the threats of some Indian Shuar women and uh, and I really suffer after waiting for twenty five years. Imagine how I feel. No, I was crying as a kid, and uh, but I capitalized and I did tour. The expedition to more easy cave, but uh, coming back to the story of Stanley Hall, who looked for the trying to prove also the existence of the metal library, who he said when I conquered the Tajos, he tipped his head, but he knows all the dangers and patience you have to have to arrive to the target. And Stanley. Uh, changed his direction and he said the the location of the metal library was in another cave hundreds of miles of the original one of when he organized the expedition did stanley did six and i i did my first expedition was to his cave <laughs> as i call the pastaza cave did stanley hall say claim he witnessed those treasures as well no he never did no, but Stanley, he was not. He he was a science and mystic in the same one. And he think the cave, with the experience of Morix, was in this area called the Chumbitajo Caverns. And and I went and when I did some discovery in in that area, but in some of the areas you have rectangular carvings with gold. I don't know if it's a real spirita or it's a real gold dust. I couldn't do a prospection, but the inscriptions were in the ceiling of the cave, and I said, well, maybe this cave give uh, origin of, to the legend, including with the Indians and the shamans of the area who used to pilgrimate 
to harvest the tajos. That is, I was trying to explain the history of the birds, but the birds are very important in the story, too. No matter if you separate the, the natural and the zoology is also an element who connect with the discovery of Morix. So that is the reason. In the book, I, I analyze, I dissect, I do this kind of detective work in archaeology and comparative religions and uh, and to drive, but it's, I think science and spirit converge in this story. That is a beautiful story. Kind of uh, false or true is it's a fantastic yeah. it's one of the, the greatest archaeology archaeological mysteries of of the of the twentieth century. And, and and I think the people the people really love the story when I start to kind of see all the layers of these labyrinthic things. But this cave is it's a fantastic cave. It's a, uh, it's a kind of five miles long. We don't know the end. They have a, a spectacular uh, underwater kind of lake communicating with other chambers. I found some formation who look like sculptures. The first This expedition where I, I detoured the original one who was the Quangos. Uh, I we have a problem it was the rain season and was flooding and when it start to rain you have to escape and uh, and the, that was i have to do two consecutive expeditions in and out but the first one we have to left the 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 main uh, the main uh, covers the main tunnels after the flooding no and i have to protect the cameras and the helmets and uh, yeah we have to do an evacuation with these special forces, I, I told you, of the Air Force, who didn't want to cross to the other side. But uh, n- now now it's easy. Now it's easy. After all the calamities I passed, in, in a few years now, it's more kind of uh, it's in a scholastic tour. Of, of, yeah, <laughs> for of, many. of but, any... Uh, coming back to the cave, yes. Yeah. And uh, Stanley thing in this chamber going under the river, you could uh, have access. But Stanley followed after the death of Morris, he get deceptioned, and he back to an original story who was between the 40s and the 50s, what the military guy said he also witnessed the chamber of the metal library. He already he also witnessed it. Has, has right. anybody who claims to have seen uh, these treasures, whether it's the metal library or other treasures, been able to a, a bring something out of the caves to prove it or offer some yes. type of photographic evidence. Yes, no, it's it's a lot of evidence of some of the plates. Some some of the plates are in Argentina, Buenos Aires, with Julio retrieved some, and also Morix in that time sent it to him as they were close friends and Carlos brothers. And uh, amazingly, uh, he sent it by regular mail. <laughs> Right, and uh, believe or not, but also had been, as I said, and another researchers agree, there was a confusion with the Father Crespi collection. But um, and uh, we have similar to the Mormon story of Joseph Smith, who showed to his close circle when he was translating the metal plates, and they come from a supernatural kind of. Uh, origin 
in that, that in the case well that case was more angelic and uh, intervention no in the turn in 1800s in uh, the Kumora Hills in upstate New York no yeah if you That's know That's right of course yeah Elmira no yeah yeah and but that that is another layer of the, the Mormon connection with this one of the chapters in my book and and they brought me to another research of several years, the comparative things, no? But still, we know in the Americas, there, there are legends of these libraries, these libraries in metal. And it's not the only one. We have this kind of legends in along, along the Andes, no? With the uh, previous civilizations left records before the flood of the previous cultures who were, and they left it in form of uh, of kind of uh, manuscript, papyro, on, uh, or kind of lithical libraries, carvings in rocks and carvings in, 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 in metal, no? in golden metal, and gold or silver or different type of kind of precious or, or common, Did ordinary yeah, I, I have to ask, though, about the cave system itself. Um, I noted that you have said that uh, this could be part of a larger cave system that extends from South America up and up to North America, under the Rockies, and maybe even further. Um, is that your theory, or have other people posit that as well? No, no. As, as, as I as research as a teenager, I get conclusions independent of discover later. Other people were talking about that. Okay. Yeah, was so, not, not was not only myself. No, yeah, but do you do you believe Be, that to be true? And after me, had we <laughs> <laughs> do you believe that to be true that this this system is part of a larger system that basically spans three continents? I think yes. The the Earth have a lot of kind of structures, and uh, they have also structures who have been carved by in artificial means. Yeah. Um, so kind of, I don't know what kind of drilling machines, but <laughs> we have enough evidence was uh, a lost technology. Yeah, you've also... And, and we have the origin of the cultures, for example, the, the Inca, the Inca cultures come from from a cave. And uh, they came also from, from a cave in the middle of the lake and also in one center. I, I did uh, an expedition to look... Pacaritambo is the place south of Cusco, where you have the center of the legends converge with uh, lines, kind of the sacred lines. Uh, not only we are not talking about the the Nazca lines, but uh, kind of magnetic lines which connect uh, ceremonial centers. And in the ancient times. They trace these lines, and these lines are, were not only connected with uh, the importance of to have water and tunnels with water, but also with uh, ceremonial centers on the ground and also in altitude. Yeah, and uh, yes, there are there are many places in the world who legends support the existence of cultures who went down. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also talked about the fact that this, uh, the Tajos Caves could have something to do or have a connection to Atlantis, uh, hollow earth theory, uh, ancient aliens. Let's talk a little bit about each of those. Let's talk about hollow earth for, first. 
Um, and you've touched on some of these ideas already in our conversation. But do you think that this might be one of the entrances to what might be considered an underground civilization that people talk about when they talk about hollow earth theory? the hollow earth theory was uh, developed in the turn of the 19th century and it started with science fiction more and, uh, but science fiction sometimes is, is, is a, a kind of a big uh, uh, we could say it's, it's a foretelling a, tr- a, true, a true discovery or reality and uh, yeah the, the hollow earth talk also about an entrance in the poles, North Pole and South Pole, but right. we, we never really have that kind of evidence uh, of that photos that were they were took. I don't know, in, in, I don't know what decade and sixties, seventies, and the description of uh, Bird, Admiral Bird, and there were a lot of apocrypha testimonies. No, but we have mm, tales of travelers get lost and they they have an ordeal to go deep in uh, in subterranean structures and and they found life and they found human life and they found structures and pyramidal structures but i, I never i follow many of these legends from, from mexico to tierra del fuego and and i kind of bite the dust sometimes and with uh, Goose chases. No, for example, in Mexico, I follow uh, the hypothesis of uh, one giant cave who have a pyramid inside, and the person who's supposed to bring me there, he never show up in the appointment <laughs> to do the expedition. Mm. <laughs> we were ready, but uh, in the same in in the Andes, no, we we have this these lines of uh, theories, but uh, sometimes the witnesses don't show up or they cannot prove it. And there are many legends of, yeah, we found uh, an open pit with the steps going down, but when we back to the place, the, the site was totally closed. And mm. they call the Salamancas, the Salamancas, this, and that connect with the Spanish gold and with the indigenous, indigenous uh, and folkloric uh, myths and legends, no? But for me, yeah, the legends sometimes are, are based in, in folk folk tales are based in reality, no? And uh, again, uh, if we're talking about the different parallel dimensions, as there are above, there are below, and we could apply to the subterranean worlds, no? And uh, that is some of the explanation of the metal library is a kind of an experience, is in another kind of uh, state of consciousness who bring you to experiment an open vortex. And that was one of the conclusions Stanley Hall had with this second cave, who was the first part of my two first expeditions we were telling before. And before I did the, the third expedition and, and a consecutive exploring the other caves of the system. And, but the Taltos, is, there are also these, these beings who live underground and they develop also a technology to kind of uh, construct below and to communicate. And uh, 
there are some videos of a strange formation, people who were visiting the caves. They found people dressing white. For example, one of the original guys of the 60s, he said he put the camera and suddenly he saw a, a person dressing white walking in some of the chambers, some of the of the rooms or, or galleries of the caves. And he said nobody was there. Also, they mm. found steps, kind of a lot of kind of uh, traces of human tracks going nowhere and coming nowhere and barefoot, barefoot kind of footprints. <laughs> yeah, wow. And uh, that that kind of so what what's next here? What? But uh, the people also yes perceive uh, different type of intelligences and the condensation of a vapor or kind of uh, a smoke, what is uh, very, very strange. And other people, yeah, found they have communication with uh, some some entities. I know groups who used to go already since, uh, since the 80s, 90s, to have experience and to communicate with this these uh, kind of inner inner cities, as they call. Mm. We're going to run out of time here, but what's next? I mean, obviously, this is very controversial in some circles. Uh, are you planning any further expeditions? Uh, do you have more work to do? Uh, what's next for this project? Oh, I, said, I have a lot of work with this. I really with some friend of mine who are local Equatorians, and they don't really follow my my advice, and I, I have to go in person <laughs> back. Yes, I'm trying to, yes, to set uh, a new expedition to the area using new technologies and also to explore some governments of the system which never were explored since the time. As There are more than 100 Tajos caves in the system. Oh, wow. And we know only three. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of work, and uh, uh, also to prove all these kind of uh, theories. Every time you go, you have a different experience. And as I said, uh, the cave, main, the main cave looks like it's alive. It's an organism. It's a kind of, uh, it's a part of Gaia, no? And it's, uh, but beyond, beyond the sounds of the birds who, produce this kind of altered state of consciousness, they, they have marvelous things. And uh, no matter what a scientific expedition with a lot of disciplines, still we don't know nothing about the biology of the birds. We, we know a little bit about uh, all the species of uh, spiders and the different species of uh, bats and still... For many years, I was trying to convince uh, the Smithsonian and Natural Geographic to to follow me, but totally ignoring. They ignore me, and they said, "Oh, but the cave is not famous." Yes, it's, it's one of the largest, fascinating caves, but I only received kind of silence. And, mm. and but uh, I didn't really give up. Also, I tried to prove what my friend Julio Gojen witness. I think he have a real experience, and is if it's in the physical or extra physical level that that place as a kind of uh, ancient Andean Shangri-La or a lost horizon is is there, and is maybe 
that place open once in a while, no? Well, was your was your life threatened in the third expedition? What? Were you, was your life threatened in the third? No, no, ex- no. My former my former wife was uh, in the in this. I I almost lost my life. Yeah. In my third expedition, in the same moment, I was. Uh, my party, we were kind of. Uh, Surrendered by these renegade uh, drunk Shuar Indians who come to kill us. Oh boy! They, they didn't like our guide. Uh, my uh, my former guy, I discovered later, he affected me two expeditions. But uh, and, uh, and I trust him. But I give a second opportunity, and he abandoned me in the middle of the of the jungle. And the same with uh, the first division of the special forces of their force too. They left me behind, and uh, also my television crew left me behind. <laughs> and and I continue. I have to reorganize. And and my last team, who also were the special forces, who trained me, second trained me. What uh, the special forces of the police of the SWAT from there? Also, they want to leave me, but. Finally, we we get the permissions. I I kind of I I have to trade and I have to uh, my uh, my generator who illuminate the cable. This in that time was uh, a few years ago was not still this new system we have to illuminate. I have to bring a generator to really illuminate the the inner the the case would have this anomalous. A structure who looks like a, a gate or a threshold of uh, yeah of uh, a door no with bricks and, and corner stones as you could read in my book and uh, and we were kind of uh, in in the le- living we were ambushed they kind of kidnapped my head of uh, of guides and uh, finally released it but in the night they returned and we I decided to don't don't use any of the weapons and let's let's escape in the middle of the night and the early morning we escape and, and we, we were chasing and the whole time I lost big part of the equipment and my recordings my wow. videos some of things but I said uh, they were going to kind of spear us and, and wow. that, uh, I have all the list of the People, but I forgive that. No matter they affect me, but yeah. uh, mm. well, but what in the same time, yeah, my former wife was uh, praying for me mm-hmm. in a church mm-hmm. and in front of the Virgin who was stepping the serpent with her feet. Wow. Yeah. Um, I also uh, think that uh, the system was featured on was it Expedition Unknown, Josh Gates' show. Yeah, that that was another disappointment. But I designed that concept, and he he copied my idea. But I produced several segments for his previous show, mm-hmm. Destination Truth. Yeah, and I consider him a friend. And when I met him in the Sports Club, also I induct him to be member of the Sports Club. That that was a decade ago, mm-hmm. and. After I worked with him, we were supposed to go to Tajus, and I also presented to the Travel Channel several times. 
and they ran with my concept and he he went for himself and yeah he only covered one aspect and so you've got another expedition you're trying to put together and and learn more about these caves do you have an idea when that might happen i hope will be happen this year yes. this year I'm trying to yeah back and i have some american spirologists to to go with me and uh also, the family of a famous astronaut is <laughs> interesting to to be also scored for see what uh, their father saw in seventy six. I hope I know yeah. good, and uh, yeah, I hope I will. I could put together, but uh, I have some ideas. And back to the places I I have the experience, and I I record this kind of uh, this kind of uh, golden frames who are connected with the story but also there are tapes with uh, nobody went and and maybe is the really chosen the chosen territory right know? right well but, yeah yeah it's, uh, I, I recommend if the people want to know this story with deep read my book yeah. right right <laughs> Where can people where can people buy the book, Alex? Oh, it's, it's in the websites of uh, Inner Traditions, Barnes and Noble, Simon and Schuster websites, and uh, yeah, and Amazon, of course. Amazon is the big river. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I promise that uh, when you uh, after you take your next expedition, if you learn more and you've got some more to share, that you'll come back and do that with us. In the meantime, people know where they can get a hold of the book, and we thank you for joining us tonight. Pleasure. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at Slick Eddie Edwards at gmail.com.